0: Hi folks, Pastor Russ here. Thank you for tuning in to hear this week's message. It is our prayer and our hope that this message will be an encouragement to you. And so we just want to say blessings to you as you listen to this week's message.
1: So as I was getting ready for this message, um, it's interesting because my wife and I are actually leaving pretty soon on a cruise, which we're pretty pumped about, and um, as I got to thinking about it, I'm like, okay, so I look back over all the years that we've been married, which for some of us it's been feels like longer than others. And uh, I think of our first honeymoon. Now, I'm not gonna get into much there, just there's kids in the room. So, Jake, you're welcome. Um, but I'm, I look back and after we got married, we paid for our wedding and we didn't have a whole lot of money, so our honeymoon was kind of low-key. And my brother, his fiance now wife, her parents owned a bunch of cabins up north in Michigan. And uh, so he said, hey, we want, we want to give you guys a couple nights to stay there and just kind of go after your wedding and hang out there. And there's a lake, it, there's boats, kayaks, fishing, and I'm like, man, that sounds sweet. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we get there, and it was cold, it was rainy. And there was like nothing really to do because it was cold and rainy. So you can't go out fishing really. You don't want to be out on the lake. You don't want to go on a boat. There was no television. There was board games. But I'm like, listen, I love you, but this is rough. (laughs) So after one night, we packed up and went home. And uh, I don't know if he knows that to this day, but if he does, I feel sorry. But yeah, it was cold. Um, But I look back at that and I think of what we did afterwards. And we didn't have any agenda. We had the week off of work, we didn't have anything to do, so we just said, hey, what do you want to do? So we went to a place called Michigan's Adventure, which is just like Adventureland, it's Michigan's version of it, and we went to a baseball game, went to a, we caught some things that we just wanted to do, and I remember looking back and going how sweet it was to just be, and to just do what we wanted to do, and the journey that it was to start our marriage, and I look at our marriage and how it's a journey. It's a continual journey that will never end because we're always going to be walking with each other on this journey. And we never know where God's going to take us, we never know where we're going to end up. I look back at when we came here to Iowa and what a journey that was. And it still is. And I'm so grateful for that journey. Now, we all have an adventure to live. And today we're going to talk about that. What is our adventure? What's our journey? What does it look like when we're on this journey with God? And to be honest with you, sometimes our journey, it can be rough. Sometimes it it can be really, really good. But I want to look at how a couple people in Scripture felt. I want you to think about how the disciples walked with Christ. I want you to think of how when, when he called them, how he called them and they came. And I want to look at a couple other biblical journeys, but before we do that, I just want to pray again, um, as we open God's word, just out of reverence for his words. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word once again. Lord, I thank you for the journey you've put us on here. And Lord, I pray that as we open up your word, that God, you speak, that Father, you make the words pop off the page to us, and that God, you use this. Father God, let it not be about me, but let it be about you. So let your word speak, God. In your name we pray. Amen. I want you to open up your Bibles to me to Acts chapter 13. Now we're going to be there for only a short, short bit here, but I love what, what Luke says in the book of Acts. And, and as we open up to Acts chapter 13, we're going to just start right in verse 1. I'll give you some time to, to get there, but we're going to be talking about Paul and, and his first missionary journey. And how Paul got sent out. And there's a couple key words in there that I want you guys to see that that we'll all get sent out with. So as you open up to Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simon, Lucius, Manning, and Saul. One day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, The Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So, after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. After much fasting and prayer, they sent them on their way. The Spirit led the the people in that room, the teachers of the church, to say, Appoint these two guys, appoint Barnabas and Saul. And then send them out. And I love that because in our journey with Christ. It's nothing that we will ever do. It's nothing that we've ever done. We cannot earn it. We, cannot, like, we do nothing to gain salvation in Christ. But he just gives it to us. The Spirit has appointed us all for a special cause and for a special reason. But in order to know what the Spirit had said to them. They had to listen to it. In our lives, in some of your lives, the Spirit's been talking to you. And you're praying through some things right now that you're like, God, where are you? Why are you not answering me? I ask you, are you tuned into the Spirit? Are your ears tuned into what God's saying? You see, when, when they're in this room, Paul has already had his, his special journey with, with, with God and, and on that, on that road. So they knew about Paul, they knew what he had done, but they knew who he was now in the Spirit and in God. But I want you to imagine these people who didn't hear about Paul's radical transformation when he went out and preached. You see, because Paul, like I talked about last time I was up here actually, I love Paul, that Paul the Saul, I just love that. That's my favorite person in the Bible, so I tend to talk about him a lot. But Paul was a man that would persecute Christians. We talked about that. And I want you guys to think about this. When he shows up to your doorstep preaching the good news, what a testimony that must have been to the people who, who didn't know God. So Paul and Barnabas were sent out. But I want you to look at verse 4. It says So Paul and Barnabas were sent out by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we are sent out by the Holy Spirit. God has come inside to our lives, and he has sent us out through the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit. We're all on a journey, a journey to to glorify God, a journey to glorify Christ and and to allow for him to be the forefront of our lives. Now, I'm not going to read through the whole chapter 13, but I'm going to touch on a couple things. So, Paul and Barnabas were sent out with the word of God. They were sent out to preach and to tell people the good news. And they were sent to a whole lot of different areas. And I love this because it reminds me that when the Lord sends us, when the Lord tells us to go, we have to be faithful to go. Today the Lord may be telling you to do something. maybe telling you to go and you're saying No. Now look at Paul and Barnabas' heart here. And how they knew. The Spirit was with them and they knew. And in Acts chapter 13 through verse 20, or through chapter 28, we see where they all went. We see how they went preaching the good news all over the Middle East. We see how they went all over just telling people about Christ and eventually leading Paul to jail. And eventually he dies. I know that's so morbid for. The Sunday after Christmas, but it's the truth, we all die. That's all I'm going to touch on Paul, but I want to move into the Israelites now. And I want you to remember back in Genesis. We talked about Genesis in the beginning of the school year. And I want you to think about how the Israelites wandered in the desert. Okay, so God called them out. Moses was walking with them. They were grumbling and doing all this stuff. But they were on a journey to the promised land. A journey to the promised land. And you see, we're all as Christians on a journey to the promised land. And that promised land is what? Heaven. Yes. I'm so glad we got that. I was like, man, if the kids have to shout it out, we're failing as pastors for you. No. But heaven, we're on this journey towards heaven. And I think of, on my journey, what I want to be known for. And this message is entitled, What's Your Journey? But I was wrestling with that, like, journey into 2020, vision 2020, like, you know, the catchy 2020 stuff. But it didn't work for me. I'm not a catchy guy. And, But what's your journey? The journey you're on towards heaven, what are you doing along the way? What are you doing along the way on your journey? And how is God shaping your journey? Because the Israelites, while they're traveling through the desert, They didn't know what was ahead of them. They knew that it was a promised land, but they didn't know when they would inherit it. They didn't know when they would come to it. And you see, God had them on this journey, walking with them, guiding them, shaping them. And for us today, we're on that same journey. We're on that same path. God is shaping us. He's molding us. He's working on us. He's helping us to see what we need to see when our eyes are closed and when our blinders are on. The disciples, when they walked with Jesus, they're walking all over the Middle East. And and yesterday I, I had a couple guys over in the morning for a meeting and we were talking on how they literally walked or took camels or donkeys or other animals, but they didn't have a motor vehicle to hop in with nice warm toasty seats on a cold morning. They had to walk. And I want you to walk with Jesus. And we see the disciples walking with him. And we see how as they walked, he took them to different spots and how he showed them who he was. And our journey with Christ is the same way. As we walk with him, as we we go with him, and as we sit in his word daily, he takes us to different parts of our lives. He takes us to different things in our lives that need to be changed. He starts calling out things in our lives that are about us and not about him. And as I was preparing for this message, I was like, man, God, what is stuff that I need to work on? What is stuff that I can do to make my journey stronger with you? Because you see, there's a a misconception that pastors are perfect, and I promise you we're not. So I'm going to just get that out. Like, we struggle too. Some days, yes, it is hard for a pastor to even get in the Word. But we know we have to. And that's okay, because we do. But we—it's a daily, daily journey. And I think of the disciples when they woke up and like, "All right, Jesus, where are we going today?" And as we talked a little bit about just resting in that video, the pauses. I wonder if the disciples ever just took that pause, and that step back, and said, "Jesus, like I'm walking with Jesus, the Messiah." The chosen one I'm on a journey a path with Jesus and so are we and in your weeks I wonder do you take time to just sit and say Jesus where are you sending me today what are you telling me to do today and if you don't I encourage you to do that in this next year Jesus, what are you telling me to do? Where are you telling me to go? Who are you telling me to speak to? And just sit and rest in Jesus. Now we talked about a couple people who who have walked with Jesus and walked with with the Lord who have said, "Okay, I'm going." But there's one very important person that I think we all can relate to, and it's a childhood story. And I, and I look back over over the scripture and I see Jonah Jonah and the whale and how Jonah was told to go and what was his answer no and I think that's us I think that's a lot of us God tells us to go hey go talk to your neighbor hey go invite them to church hey that person at work that you don't really like go talk to them and just tell them that you love them (laughs) nah God I'm good I think that's us. I look at the golf tees and the golf balls out there, and man, it excites me to see how many tees are being planted, how many seeds are being planted in people's lives. And I wonder, are you willing to go even when it doesn't make sense? Are you willing to go when, when you feel like God's saying, no way? Like when God's saying go and you're like, God, no, no way. I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know your word good enough to go and be a missionary. And I have an acquaintance sort of friend. Uh, he, his son was in the youth group years ago that we, uh, we were small group of leaders in. And him and his wife actually heard God say, like, I want you to go. I want you to go and be missionaries. And he was the tech director of the church and he said, no way. God, I can't do this. No way, God, I can't. This isn't me. And they heard God say, you're right, it's not you. It's me. So go. And now they're packing up and they're going to be missionaries. If God interviewed in your life and said, go, what would your answer be? I look back at traveling with my grandpa and... I love him. He's 94 years old, still alive and kicking. And I look back at when we used to go on family vacations and how we didn't have GPS, because, yes, I am that old, and all we had was a map. And whoever had the map would, could steer the car either in the right direction or the wrong direction. And I remember traveling with my grandpa because he was always the one that wanted to drive and be the map holder. Now, for you young kids here... A map is like a big poster board, (laughs) essentially, that you got to hold and look at. And you have to hope that you know how many miles about you have to get to where you got to go. Do they even teach how to use a map in school anymore? No? Ah, that's a shame. But I remember my grandpa one time, we were traveling, and we were going from Grand Rapids, Michigan, up to Mackinac City. And I remember this because it was kind of terrifying. Like, are you sure you know where you're going, Grandpa? Yes, I've been there hundreds of times. My grandma's like, we've been there once. All right, sounds great. And I remember because he taped the map to the window next to him. He couldn't see out the mirror. And it went from here up onto the windshield. And I'm like, Grandpa, are you sure you know? Yes, we're fine. So it scared us a little bit. But I remember this because one, I, I was terrified for my life, going over the Mackinac Bridge, and it sways, and it's long, but I remember going, Grandpa, how can you see out of the windshield? But you see out of his stubbornness, and we actually, we ended, we ended up getting lost, by the way, so just to kind of add that in there, but we ended up getting lost, and we had to turn around, and finally, he told my mom, hold the map, tell me where I'm going, and um, But in our stubbornness, we can think we know where we're going. In our stubbornness, we can sit there and hold the map to life and say, I got it, Jesus. You just sit back in the passenger seat and relax. I got it. I know where I'm going. I look at some people in this room who who planned their course for their life and who God intervened and said, no, that's funny. You want to be that? (laughs) Huh. I'm calling you to do this. And I think that's us. We say no, or we get stubborn and we hold the GPS or the map to our lives, and God is sitting there just going, "I'm here. I know the plans I have for you. I know where I want you to go, and the blessings that await you there, will you let go of the map, and will you let me take control? And on this journey called life, it's never about us. It's never about where we want to go or how we want to do it. It's always about God and where he wants to take us. It's all about him holding the map and him driving the car. And for some of you, if you've taped that map over the windshield and you're the one driving, I beg you, To just let go. Take that map down and give it over. And watch where God takes you. And I encourage you to be free in that, to know that He has you on a journey that you may never understand. But man, is it good! Man, is it good. We want to be the one leading the journey and leading the trip. But God is the one that calls it, that needs to be the leader. And as a follower of Christ, a follower of Christ, not a, a person who Christ follows, but a follower of Christ, we're called to let him lead and us to follow. And we're called to plant seeds. Now, I'm going to just read an excerpt of a book that I love, that um, the high school guys, you're actually going to be going through it in Sunday school. And in high school, this book helped me through some trauma. And uh, in high school, this book helped to kind of guide me on my journey. And I had a couple guys come alongside me who, who helped me with this. And, and the book is called Wild at Heart it's by John Eldritch. And I just love the way he, he says this. And bear with me because it may get lengthy, but I promise I'm going to try to keep it short for you. So he starts. he starts... Chapter 11. It says, "There's a river that winds its way through Southern Oregon, running down from the cascades to the coast, which has also wound its way through my childhood, carving a path in this, genealogical, in, this in the geographic of my memory. As a young boy, I spent many summers on the rogue fishing and swimming and picking blueberries, but mostly fishing. I love the name given to the river by French trappers. He gave him a mysterious benediction to my adventure there. I was a rogue on the rogue. Those golden days of boyhood are some of my most cherished memories. So he took his wife and his child there last summer. And he tells a story of there's a rock that that juts out just over the river somewhere between Morris's Lodge and, the, and a bar, actually. The cannon... The cannon narrows there and the rogue divides and it pauses for a minute. High rock walls rise on either side and the north and on the south and only boaters can reach. And they go to this place called Jumping Rock. I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. Jumping Rock is perched above the river at about the height of a two-story house plus some. It's tall enough that you can barely, slowly count to five before you hit the water. It's Barely a two-second count from the high dive at your local pool, he says. So he climbs up this, this high dive with his son and his wife and his other son. He says, you don't think about it. You just hurl yourself off into the middle of the canyon, and then you free fall for what feels like enough time to recite the Gettysburg Address and all your senses are on maximum alert as you plunge into the cold water. When you come up back up, the crowd is cheering. And something in you is cheering because you did it. We all jumped. Some big hulking guy who was there, he was going to back down. But once he saw my son jump, he had to jump too because he couldn't live, knowing that he had cowered away when a six-year-old boy hurled himself up. He says, I want to live my whole life like that. I want to love, waiting for others to love me first. I want to hurl myself into a creative work worthy of God. I want to charge the fields. Follow Peter as Christ followed him, as Peter followed Christ into the sea. Pray for my heart's true desire. As a poet, George Chapman says, Give me a spirit that is on this life's rough sea. Love, Love to have his seas filled with a lusty wind. Even till his sails yard tremble, his masts crack, And his his wrapped ship runs on, her side so low. Then she drinks water and she kneels to the air. And he goes on to say, life is not a problem to be solved, but life is an adventure to live. And I love that image of jumping off of a cliff. Because life is, is, is a life that when you take as a journey as an adventure an adventure with God and some of us are tiptoeing on the edge of this cliff looking down and looking out on what God's going to do and we're like God that's deep that's far you're calling me to take a step or a leap of faith I don't want to do it I can't do it that's not me you're calling me to go preach the good news to go preach the word to go help write Bible somewhere that's not me I don't have enough knowledge. God, you calling me to walk across the, my farm acreage to the other farmer and tell him about your love? God, that's not me. I just want to sit in my combine and do my thing. God, you're calling me to give up everything I've ever known, to serve you. No way. No way. We all have an adventure to live. We all have a cliff that that God's calling us to. And I ask you, do you have enough faith to jump? To jump head first and allow God to lead you? Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Is that not what we all long for? To be called a child of God. To be led by the Spirit. See, I want my life to be one that is truly led by the Spirit. And that shows. I want to leave you with this. And In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all in Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. If you have received the power of the Spirit and are not witnessing to people, then are you truly using the Spirit and the power of the Spirit that God has given you? I encourage you to tap into that Spirit, to tap into that power. I encourage you to to lean forward into into 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Are you willing to take this journey that God's called you on? Are you willing to take this journey and take it with the Holy Spirit in a spirit that is of power, of love? Or are you living in a spirit of fear? Fear of the unknown. Fear of what could happen. And if you are, I pray that you give that up. I'm going to leave you with three questions. Where is God calling you to go this week? Who is in charge of your journey? And are you, going to go, are you willing to go where the Spirit leads you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. God, thank you that we can sit here and know that you are with us. That, Father, we're on a journey with you and that, God, you have ordained this journey. That, God, you are working in this journey. And, Lord, I pray that as we tap into your spirit, the Lord, as we tap into what you want, that, Father, you take us on this journey and that, Lord, you lead us where our feet, Lord, have no place to stand, but, Lord, that we have to stand on you alone. Lord, take us into unch- uncharted territory and guide us, Father. Show us your love. Show us your mercy. God, show us what we need from you. Lord, continue to bless us. Continue to keep us. And Lord, let us remember that, Father, you have called us to live by your Spirit, to keep in step with your Spirit. Lord, you tell us in Galatians that since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with your Spirit. Father, let us lead and let us leap into your arms and take us on this journey, God. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. Amen.
0: Thanks for watching this week's message. It is our heart to follow up with people if they've responded to something that God did in that message. One thing we want to note is if you just gave your life to Christ and you prayed that prayer at the end to receive Him into your life, we want to send you this free resource called Now What? And this is a journal that comes with the Bible and it's designed to help you grow and take the next steps in your faith journey. If you're interested in receiving this free resource... We encourage you to simply reach out and connect with us here at the bottom of the screen. You'll see you can email us or you can send us a text message. Simply text BELIEVE to the number that you see here on the screen. We want to get this into your hands so that you can grow in your faith. And it's our heart here at Faith Community Church to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Thanks for watching.